BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BLEAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. What's up, H-Town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast, your home for all things Astros, with your hosts, sports writer Jeff Balky and Astros broadcaster and former third baseman Jeff Blob. Now, here's Balky and Blobber. What's up, Astros fans? Welcome to episode 85 of the Believe in Astros podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I'm Jeff Balky, alongside my partner, Jeff Blum, hanging out in beautiful Miami with the beautiful people. I'm assuming you're staying on South Beach until 4 a.m. every nope. night, right, Blummer? Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> they have a whole section in Miami where you can literally party like 24-7. Yeah, I mean, that was... 15 years ago that I did that, but no, not anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, en- I enjoy <laughs> sleep. I'm exhausted. I'm going to bed. I'm sure. I've been to Miami once a number of years ago. My wife and I went and we were on the beach. We, we were in South Beach, uh, out on the beach, and a guy came by and was handing out free tickets to a DJ show that started at 1 a.m. <laughs> and he was walking around the beach and he just walked right past us. And my wife looked at me and she said, I'm simultaneously offended and thrilled. <laughs> yeah. Because number get one, like I should get one of these, but we're clearly not going. <laughs> that is a yeah. weird place, man. They eat at 10 o'clock at night. No, there's other than, you know, the, the 24-7 partying and stuff like that, the Cuban sandwich and the coffee oh. down here is why I love Southern Florida. Uh, it's oh. amazing down here. I love that part of it. Enriquetas, the best Cuban I've ever had in my entire life. It's a Cuban diner. Uh, uh, it's just, they put tostones on their Cuban. And it's just, oh my God. I have dreams about it. That's how much there I love go. that Cuban. <laughs> All right. So uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, of course, on YouTube. And be sure to give us a follow on X and uh, also on Instagram. Uh, you can find me at Jeff Balky and Plumber at Plumber 27. I know every time I say X now, I'm like, I can't. Um, also subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can see the videos. Thanks for giving us uh, good reviews on Apple and send us your comments and questions. Got a question today from Wes uh, Velez on Twitter, which to be honest with you, is beating a dead horse. And that is how long is it going to be before we see Yiner at least splitting time with Maldi? Mm-hmm. And I, my answer was next year. You know, I mean, I just, the Astros. Didn't we talk about that? Didn't I know. We kinda, we, I mean, we, we kind of said just give in to the fact that Maldonado is going to catch. I mean. Yes. I mean, nobody's, I mean, his numbers are terrible. Um, somebody posted them and he's like last or close to last and everything offensively and even defensively. But, it, you know, listen. Dusty trust Maldi, end of story. That's just the deal. Now next year, well, and then matter. Fromber and JV. I mean, that those are you know right. those are compounding they comfort, factors. They have a comfort zone. Now he's he's definitely catching now for uh, Hunter Brown every time, and it looks like maybe for JP France. So eh, it's going to get some time, but just everybody, I think, just going to have to be patient on that one. Um, so a wild week for the Astros yet again. A pair of 11-run wins, followed by two games where they basically couldn't seem to score if their lives depended on it. 
Um, first, I want to talk about those two 11-run games. John Singleton. I mean, what Ooh. a story. Like, I, somebody brought this up yesterday. I think Lance Zerline was talking about this yesterday on the radio. And he said, this is a guy who was out of baseball for like two full years. He ballooned up to around 300 pounds. He got himself back in shape, played in the independent league in Mexico, gets a crack in the Milwaukee system, winds up back with the Astros just on a fluke, really, tears up the uh, AAA, and then shows up and in one of his first games back hits two. I mean, not just home runs. I mean, (laughs) goodness gracious, just just towering monster shots. I mean, right now, Jose Abreu's out with an injury. He's going to be part of this lineup for a bit. Is is that can he be a legitimate part of this lineup? We know he can hit for power, and we know he walks. He's got great strike zone awareness. Mm-hmm. But you know, what do we think? I mean, where are we at on John Singleton currently? Yeah, well, dear God, that's a lot to unpack right there. Just it because is. the story itself of John Singleton unbelievable. is unbelievable, because he had a lot of baggage to begin with. He he mm-hmm. was a prospect. Jeff Luno gave him that five years, ten million dollar deal in the yep. minor leagues, which was controversial at the time and unheard of. Mm-hmm. So he had the weight of that, the weight of being a prospect. He had off the field issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to dig on that. I just think that you know, with with you know, great opportunity comes a lot of stress. And so that affects people differently. And he, he didn't know how to deal with it, was out of baseball for a couple of years and understood that he wasn't done yet. So I applaud him for working his ass off to get back on the field. Number one, to get back to the big leagues with the Milwaukee Brewers was another thing. Uh, they DFA him and the Astros pick him up off waivers, give him an opportunity. And he lights up Sugarland. I think it was really... You know, him coming back to the organization, I think, kind of gave him some extra energy, a little more, you know, a little something to prove, more or less. And that was his motivation. So when I saw him in Baltimore getting called back up, I, you know, I kind of went over and I said, John, good to see you. And uh, because when you, when you're out of the game of baseball, there's no, there's nothing harder to do than work your way back into the game. But once you're in, you're going to get your opportunities. He's got it here. And I'm kind of curious to see how it works out because the timing of it with Abreu going on the injured list opens the opportunity for more at-bats. Can he be successful? I think his strike zone command is beautiful because he does get on base and the strikeouts have been limited. Um, But how about this for a thought? You just Mm. mentioned Maldonado is the catcher for the Astros. Why can't we maybe ponder the idea of platooning a Yiner Diaz and a John Singleton at first base to get him some at bats. I don't know. Blummer, I 100% agree with you. And you can also start shifting around some of those DH minutes too. They're going to they're going to put Jordan in yeah. left at times. You're going to want to you know, you're not going to DH Jake Myers probably. So I think yeah, you you're on to something mm-hmm. there in terms of getting him at bats, getting Yiner some at bats as well. Um, I'd love to see uh, Singleton hit from, a, you know, just be a little more consistent and, and hitting at the plate. But, man, he can hit the ball a long way. Dear God, My yeah. And, yeah, coming back from what he went – I mean, listen, as you said, everyone deals with stress differently. Um, and he went through it. But I mm-hmm. can't really – it's hard for me to imagine – like you went, you played baseball. You know how hard it is to go through that grind – to just be out of it, like just completely oh. out, and then turn around and be like, "No, nah, no, nah, I'm I'm going to come back." I mean, that's it's almost impossible. It's the the odds are just astronomical. Mm-hmm. 
And it's, and it's on the retirement end of it too. I tell the story all the time when I'm, I'm going out and, you know, and giving, you know, talks and, mm-hmm. and, and speeches and things like that is that the one thing at the end of my career, I asked a lot of guys, my, a lot of my contemporaries that were still in the game and out of the game and to a man, the people that were not in the game and the people that were in the game, if you want to stay around or in baseball, don't mm. leave because once you're out, you get, you just get run past and then you become a part of the past. So if you want to stay current, you got to stay in the game so that, you know, whatever the future holds for John Singleton, the fact that he's gotten back to the big leagues and had that two home run day, I, I, I it's, you know, hopefully it gets better for him, but he will remember that day for the rest of his life. And he will tell that story over and over because it's so good. It was incredible. And, you know, you really do bring up a good point there about staying in. That's they talk about that in the job force, just in general. That if people mm-hmm. go get out of the out of the world, they they've had a job for a while and they get out. Let's say a does um, uh, someone decides to be a homemaker for a few years, it's very difficult to get yeah. yourself back into the job market um, because people question like, where were you for those you know two years? You know, why didn't you work? And so there, it's it's tough. And that's just in that. Never mind having to like become an athlete again. It does yeah, also say sport, something. Yeah. yeah. It does also say something about his just general athletic ability. I mean, to Completely, be able to yeah. come back from that, you have to have some genetic just gifts, um, you know, to be able to bounce back from that. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, if nobody got me, Kyle Tucker got me. <laughs> My goodness. He continues just to destroy the majors on pace for a 30, 30 season. Only mm-hmm. Jeff Bagwell has done that. I think he did it twice. What has he meant to this team this year, Blummer? I mean, everything. It's just unbelievable, <laughs> right? It is unbelievable because we're watching Jordan Alvarez kind of scuffle a little bit coming back mm-hmm. from the injured list. He had a hot stretch for about a week, mm-hmm. but now he's kind of, he, you know, he's just a tick off. He's getting closer. Mm-hmm. But Kyle Tucker has been, it's not even an epiphany or whatever you want to call it. He's He's been. He's been as good as we think he can be, but he's been more consistent, I think. And I think yes. that's probably one of the biggest things. Because once he gets past April, all of a sudden he turns into an Adonis on the field. And, you know, as unique as that swing is, it works for him. And he's been able to manipulate the baseball all over the place, but with damage. And some of these at-bats he's putting together are MVP caliber. And I don't mean for the team. I mean, if Shohei Otani wasn't out there throwing 150 innings and hitting 45 home runs... Kyle Tucker would win himself an MVP or at least be in the conversation of it. Yeah. I would I would be shocked at the end of the season when they break it down to what three guys that you know, three finalists for the MVP. If he continues at this pace, I would be shocked if he's not in it. Because I talk to a lot of people around the game when we travel and when they come into Houston and they can't stop talking about Kyle Tucker and how good he is. So it's been a lot of fun to watch. He deserves all of it, and uh, he probably deserves a lot of money. Well, I'm glad you brought that up <laughs> because I, I, I know we I, all heard Dana Brown. Yeah. See, I wrote something about this last week and I did a little short uh, uh, video uh, post about it as well. So Dana Brown said that he is that, you know, they will his quote, we'll get it done when it came to Kyle Tucker in terms of an extension. Um so here are my thoughts on that, Blummer, and I, I really want to get your take. We've had these discussions a little bit before, but I, the thing that's interesting to me about this is I don't think Jim Crane has any problem spending money. People sometimes no. say, oh, he'll be cheap. I don't think that's true. I think Jim Crane is fine giving money out. I think Jim Crane is nervous about giving out years. 
This this is why the Astros have never signed a player in his era uh, to longer than six years. Um, here's the thing, though, that I think is a little different with Kyle Tucker. It's his age. If yep. you, it's one thing to sign a guy who's thirty to a nine-year deal or a ten-year deal, but Kyle Tucker's twenty-six. Let's say you give him nine. Let's say you bend and say, okay, we can't do 10, 11, 12, but we'll do nine years, right? However much money mm-hmm. that is, one, one billion dollars. I don't know. <laughs> you give him nine years. If That might be enough to sign him. And then when his contract is up, he's still only 35 years old. That is a big difference from signing someone at 29, 30 to nine years and signing someone at 26 for that long. But if they're going to do it, they better do it quick because by the time he's done with arbitration the next two years, he is going to be 28, 29 years old. And then maybe it's not as palatable. No, I, I completely – and I think there might be – you know, Jim Jim is a guy that's going to spend money. I don't think that yeah. you can say he's frugal. I think he, he loves to win. I love – he's one of the few owners that I really do believe loves the competitiveness of baseball. Yes. And I think he likes walking into the room and saying – um, hold on a sec. Hold the door. I've got my trophy. Uh, there's another one. Hold on again. You know, he loves walking yeah. into that room and kind of commanding that kind of respect. So I think he enjoys the competition. He enjoys winning. He knows it's going to take some coin to go out there and yep. do it. Um, but he's so, so the annual average value of a contract, I don't think bothers him, but I do mm-hmm. agree with you as far as the long term. But you brought up the great point of his age being 26. So he's in that prime. Uh, crush zone of his career where you want to get that guy from 27 to maybe 32, 33 years old where he's going to really maximize his value. And then at the same time, as he's a gold glove outfielder, he runs the base. He's literally a five tool player. But what I'm trying to say is, is if you do get to the back end of that contract, say it's nine, 10 years, if you get to the back end of that contract, say you have another six years of gold glove outfield work, and then you have four years of DHing. I wouldn't mind having Kyle Tucker DH the last three to four years of that contract if he slows down a little bit in the outfield. And I don't, I have no problem with that. And I think you're still going to get a return on that investment. And it's taken me, a, it, oddly enough, it's taken me a little while to get, get there with Kyle Tucker. But watching him on a daily basis, understanding the temperament and the adjustments he makes, he is not a, uh, a super high guy, super low guy. He has really kind of maintained yes. a consistent mood through all of this and uh the swing just turns me on and to see that for another eight to ten years would really i think excite a lot of fans yeah and i just when i when i look at him too that's the the exact word you use consistency is what i think is so attractive about kyle tucker as a player over a long term you know the in in different sports they talk about guys whose game especially in basketball they talk about guys whose game translates to years of playing you know, where mm-hmm. they say, well, he's not a guy that's going to, you know, ex- absorb a lot of contact. You know, yep. he's a guy that's going to hit shots um, so he can play late. Kyle Tucker's a guy, his swing is so consistent. It, he's not like a crazy power swinger. He's just got that smooth swing. He is a guy that where it translates to someone who will be able to continue hitting well, even as he gets past his prime. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, he's so good in the outfield. Like that that jump that he got on that ball last night, that mm-hmm. was just – I mean, he made it look like it was nothing. You know, it's just like, oh, it's a routine fly ball. That was not a routine fly ball. That was hitting the gap on a line. And mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing that I just – 
I, and I know it's, it's tough because, you know, teams they're they want to set certain standards. If you give Kyle Tucker nine years, who's next. Right. But I just feel like he's such a unicorn when it comes to this team. And he's so good. You, at some point you've got to start protecting those guys and keeping them long-term. Yeah. Well, you keep, we, you know, we use that phrase, you know, keep that winning window open. Yeah. And I think, you know, locking up a guy like Kyle Tucker does do that. But I also think that, you know, if they're, if you're trying to read tea leaves and in between lines and things like that, I think that trade deadline kind of exposed the fact that they do feel like Tucker could stick around for a while because you traded two highly touted yes. uh, outfield prospects. Yeah, we talked about that, obviously, and that's a big deal, too. So, fingers crossed. That's all I can say about that one. Um, I'm kind of curious what you think about why the Astros this season have gone through so many ups and downs offensively. Um, you know, to go from two games where they're scoring a boat, and, and they've done this all year. Like, if you look at the number of runs they've scored, they're like fourth in baseball. But a bunch of those are games where they scored 10, 11, 12 runs. And then all of a sudden they'll just mm-hmm. go through a run where they can't score at all. You know, now granted they, they don't always have their a lineup out there. Um, but it's That's been, it. you know, is that it? Is that the big deal? Do you think? Um, I mean, I'm just like everybody, every other fan out there, there's a fluctuation in this lineup so often that I don't know, you know, there's no consistency to it. And I know that, it, man, it's hard because you got to protect their legs and things like that. But at the same time, every time I say you got to protect their legs, I know they're not on their legs as much as they have been in the past because these games are two and a half hours. So Boy, I think that point. you can put those guys out there a little more consistently and 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 say they're going to be fine and not risk injury. But at the same time, you know, th- there's only. There's, I feel like there's only three guys that are for sure. Even Alex Bregman has moved around this lineup. Uh, he's been two, three, four, five. You know, mm-hmm. now you've got your Don Tucker, who should be pretty consistent in the part of the lineup, and then Altuve is going to be at the top, and then everybody else is kind of like, "Am I playing today?" And I, I just feel like it needs to be a little more consistent down the stretch because uh, the last two, because you score eleven, like you said, back to back games. And then you have a tough game that that well you have a different lineup on that Sunday against mm-hmm. the Angels and Very you different. don't score, and then you wake up in uh, where the heck am I Miami, <laughs> and, and you've got a different lineup again, yeah. and so you're kind of going well I'm you know at some point you've just got to throw them out there and let them do their thing because they'll figure it out if you put them out there often enough and consistently enough. That's a really good point about the time of the game, Bloomer. I you know I, it's as we've gone through the season I've kind of forgotten about the mm-hmm. you know the changes to the time but it's got to preserve some of these guys. I mean, we are shaving 30 minutes a day essentially off of their workload um and over the course of a 162 game season, that's a lot of time. So mm-hmm. I had never really thought about that, but that's a really good point and it's definitely got to help them. So yeah, you've got to figure you know, get these guys out there and let them go ahead and have their hacks. I mean, plus you and you've talked about this before about how that consistency is really important to a ball player, right? No, oh, man. No, base, baseball players, I'm sure they're, you know, in the NFL and uh, hockey and basketball, there's a certain routine or a certain rhythm to a season. That's why spring training is so dedicated to fundamentals and so mm-hmm. dedicated to getting in shape that when you start the season, you want to find that rhythm and that routine. And once you find that mode and that consistency, it creates consistency and hopefully production down the road. But yeah, there's there's a certain level of consistency. I want to be able to, even in my role or even in a, 
a Mauricio Dubon role, you can mm-hmm. anticipate games you're going to play. Like Dubon knows on Wednesday he's going to be in center field behind Justin Verlander. He knows that you know if uh, Altuve needs a day off, he's going to be in there. And you kind of have this idea of when you're going to play so you know how to prepare. And that's the key is with your routine, it's preparation. And if you don't know what you're preparing for, sometimes you have, you lose sight of what, you're, what the job or the task actually is. But there's got to be a certain rhythm and routine to it. Yeah. Um, so somebody m- mentioned something the other day. They were talking about what, like Kyle Tucker, I guess, when he first got here, he used to, his food routine was kind of funny. He had like, he ate like a quesadilla with guacamole before batting practice and then he had like a bowl of cereal <laughs> or something. I'm wondering, did you have foods that you, did you always eat the same food? Were you superstitious about the food or like any of that when you were playing? Um, if the, my wife actually was kind of keen to that. So if, really? if we went and had, you know, if we had a certain meal in Houston and I got a hit or two hits or if something good happened that day, she would be like, let's go back to, uh, you know, this place. And I'd be like, man, we had that yesterday. She's like, yeah, but it was a good day. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, okay, thanks, babe. <laughs> I'm like, we would go back there and kind of, wow. you know, do that routine. But I didn't – there was nothing <laughs> at the field. I mean, it, it was it was uh, pretty routine at home in some of the ballparks. But mm-hmm. uh, on the road, you never knew what you were going to get. So I never got – uh, into that uh, superstitious food wise, like a Wade Boggs eating chicken before every game. <laughs> you didn't have the writer that said you could have only green M and M's. Like, yeah, rock, like no, I, I did not have the diva clause in my contract. <laughs> no, <laughs> it is. It is interesting too. I know that. I know that Jose Altuve, for example, goes to. I'm not going to say where because it's not cool to him. But I know that he goes to like after home games. He goes almost always goes to the same restaurant. He and his oh, wife. Wow. And I know because I've seen him there because I've my wife and I've gone there and the person there says, yeah, after every home game, he comes in here that's and awesome. has, has pasta. So, you know, you know, it's Italian, but that's 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 all you're getting. Um, so don't show up Good at every you. Italian restaurant lined up. That's yep. not cool. Speaking <clears throat> of Jose Altuve, zero issues with him right now. AL Dear player Lord. of the week. I mean, and by the way. Last night, I, I don't know if you saw the video, but he gave his jersey to a kid oh, in the stands at Miami, and the kid is just crying. One of those precious he's, things. He's like, I love him. And it's like, listen, we all love him. And, and you know, it's so funny how that got tweeted out or X'd out all over the place, and it brought out some <laughs> haters who were like, you know. Good. how you know It exposes them. Right. It's like, man, come on. Like, I don't want to argue about Jose Altuve being a good guy because he just is. It's not a, up for debate. It is not it's an not argument. It's not even close. But I just think that he is a guy that never – setting all that aside, he should be beloved, right? Yes. I mean, there are guys who out there who are like, oh, well, you know, I, I, I like this guy or I don't like this. He is someone who absolutely should be beloved for everything he does not only on the field, which is substantial, and we'll talk about mm-hmm. that, but off the field, the guy is just great. He's gr- I've seen him out in public. He's great to everybody. He's nice. He's polite. He's sweet to reporters in the clubhouse. Like he's just a good dude. And so, yeah, so seeing that last night, it was just really sweet to see him give that jersey. And that kid was just thrilled. 
Yeah, if you choose to hit send on your X button and 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 send hate that way on a video like that, then you deserve everything that comes at you because you're an awful person. Yes. But if you can't see the purity and the joy in the game itself and having a guy like Altuve who should be a great ambassador for the game because he's got his own great story of being undersized, underappreciated, and yes. now he's on the cusp of 2,000 hits and, and showing no signs of slowing down whatsoever, who took the time to sign the, the, the autograph for the kid, number one, but he recognized the desire in that young fan's eyes and said, you know what, I'm going to go, the, I'm going to take it to the next level and I'm going to give him my Jersey and absolutely made that, that young fans life basically yeah. and inspired him to hopefully do great things down the road because Altuve took the time for him. But Altuve is one of the better humans. Like you said, Mm-hmm. I'll go down and talk to him after a four hit game and be like, Hey man, what'd you see? What was the approach? Uh, swing looks good. And he will literally go, Hey, uh, how, how are your kids doing? <laughs> you know? yeah. or, or he'll sit there and go, Hey, did you try this coffee? This coffee's great. Like he's a coffee guy too. So he, <laughs> he, he's done so much as far as baseball is concerned that I think that you lose sight of the actual human sometimes, but he's an amazing human. Yeah, he really is. I've seen him in the clubhouse a couple of times where he'll do that with like, you know, uh, reporters who be like, Hey man, how's your, how's your wife? Or like, whatever. He's like, mm-hmm. he's just a, he's just a good guy. You know, he's, he's, and, and look on the field, he's all business. You know, I mean, he gets it done. He's obviously great. One of the all time great Astros for sure. Um, and especially lately, like you said, he's coming up on 2000 hits. The guy is just raking all over the place. There is not a pitch that I I don't think there's a pitch that he can't hit. I think you can throw him oh, pretty literally, much no. anywhere. If he can reach it, he can hit it. He's Vlad. He's Vladimir Guerrero. I, I swear, I still think about, I think it was about three years ago, where somebody threw him, a, it was on a nationally televised game, because I remember it was uh, it was John Smoltz that was on, on the call, and they threw him a sweeping slider that was low and like four inches off the outside of the plate and down, like almost in the dirt. And he reached out almost with one hand and just slapped it out into right field. And I remember Smoltz saying, he goes, I don't think I've ever seen anyone who could get to that pitch. He's like, that's not a pitch anybody's going to, you know, he goes, you might swing at it. He goes, but nobody's (laughs) going to hit that. He he couldn't even believe it. And that's Jose Altuve for you. It is. Uh, yeah, there's no other way to explain it. The guy, you know, he, you know, internally, you talk about fast twitch. He's got some of the fastest hands I've seen, mm-hmm. and then uh, the bat to ball skills. And when you say bat, I should say barrel to ball because yes. he can. Anybody can get a stick to a baseball, but he gets it on the sweet spot somehow, some way, and creates hits. Like he legitimately, like Tony Gwynn, can create a hit on a bad pitch. Boy, Tony Gwynn. If you never got a chance to see Tony Gwynn hit, go back and watch YouTube the videos. that dude, man. That guy, that guy is crazy. Some of the hits he got. I remember watching him hit and just being like, "That." first of all, he got real big at the end of his career, and he was still out there just doink, 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 like every single time. Did you hear the stories time, about like, that? Huh? Did you hear the stories about that? No. Oh, my gosh. So apparently he he would stop by in and out Speaking of post-game meals and having meals, he stopped at in and out on the way home every single night. What? Yeah. Wow. There's an they, they found out somebody like somebody was like you know tailing him or stalking him, uh, and they were like, wait a minute, <laughs> he was crushing in and out every night after a game, <laughs> but still went out there and put up two hits every damn day. Unbelievable, dude. I, I thought if there was anybody that was going to hit 400 in a season, it was going to be that guy. 
Oh, if, there was anybody, if there was anybody in the modern era that was going to do it, it was going to be that guy. That was He never got to it. So that just tells you how special hitting 400 mm-hmm. for an entire season is. So you got two more left in Miami uh, before uh, heading home. Then it's an interesting week. Mariners over the weekend, four against the Red Sox at Minute Maid. So all those, so we got seven at Minute Maid. Then a three-game series at Detroit. That's a really kind of a fascinating – because, look, the Astros have been winning series – um, even if they have been getting sweeps, those are all series that they should win. And yet they still are like three back of the Rangers. I feel like if there was a title for the season, it would just be called three back of the Rangers. Because it mm-hmm. feels like that's where we end up every time. The Astros, But the bottom line is the Astros have to keep winning. And they have to keep winning in these series where they're favored. They just they don't have a choice. No, it's interesting you bring this up because uh, you know I'm talking to Steve Sparks, I'm talking to TK. We're mm-hmm. talking about the season, yeah. and uh, you know we're on the bus after that loss to the Angels going to the airport, and the San Francisco Giants hit a walk off against right. the Rangers, and you're like, nice, okay, so we didn't lose ground. But that's I feel like we've said, wow, we're not losing ground as opposed to wow, we're gaining ground. Uh, to your point, I think it's like one step forward, two steps back. Mm-hmm. It feels like every time this happens. So, and again, they lose a game af- from losing that game last night. So they're three and a half back now, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's really frustrating. I think it might be the understanding with um, at this point in the season, you're losing days. So the clock is actually in favor of the Rangers, yes. to your point, and the Astros having to win out, it feels like, the rest of the season to even try and stay where they're at, if not gain any ground. But it's going to be very tough. Mariners are playing great baseball. They're yeah. creeping up on the Astros when they lose games. I don't know if anybody's lost sight of that rearview mirror, but Seattle's right there. Yep. And you should be a little bit concerned about that because they're pitching well and getting some timely hits. Um, and then uh, uh, the Boston Red Sox are kind of a sneaky good team that could bite yep. you if you don't play them well yeah the the mariners series is critical because they really do need to win that series to sort of put a you know put the mariners back a little mm-hmm. bit from them keep some distance give them some some cushion it's gonna be a look with the expanded postseason and uh you know with all these teams being really close to one another it's gonna be a crazy end of the season in both leagues um mm-hmm. you don't have anybody running away with it Nobody. I mean, we thought Tampa Bay was going to run away with it, and we've seen what's happened there. Um, it's a long season, man. It is a long season. So just a funny story before we go. I, you probably saw it, but if you didn't see it, for those who are watching and listening, um, one of the Baltimore Orioles broadcasters lost his fantasy league, uh, football fantasy league last year. Oh, it was Giants. It was, oh, Giants. Excuse me, not Orioles. Giants. Correct. Yeah. You're right. And as a that result— That other guy got hosed. Yeah, and as a result— he had to be the ball boy last this night. Is outstanding. It was so good. As if you didn't see, you should watch, look, go look up the video. He's running around bringing balls to the umpire, grabbing bats off the field. It was pretty stellar. And that's, that is, mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing that, and you don't see that really in other sports. Baseball is the one place where you can kind of get that sort of awesomeness. Um, so, Blummer, I'm wondering when you, and the broadcasting crew are going to wager for something like that. Cause I'll be honest, I would love to see TK or Sparky or one of those guys out there <laughs> hustling for errant ground balls. Oh man. Yeah. That being Sparky, that would be, 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause our creativity is in different areas of making complete asses of ourselves sometimes. <laughs> so if, if we got the opportunity, I think it was Dave Fleming, I think was the broadcaster that did that, mm -hmm. but what a genius idea to just kind Brilliant. of abuse your ability to, to get on the field and take advantage of that. <laughs> and it was a lot of fun to watch him you know, jogging out there, full uniform, full helmet, uniform. Uh, the best bringing part. baseballs to the umpire. I mean, pushing coaches out of the way to go do his job. It was hilarious. It was and so I highly good. recommend more people do that if they have the, if they have the privilege to have that as a, as a, as an option for a bet. Yeah, I'd be down. But if TK, I mean, if TK probably would be a little more businesslike, obviously, because he is in the booth. <laughs> but if you put me or Sparky in that uniform and let us run around that field, uh, I guarantee you'd be diving into home plate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there would be some issues. There would be would some issues, but it would, would be fun to watch. It would definitely be trouble. There's no mm -hmm. doubt there would be trouble if it was one of y'all. How do you think Julia would handle it? I feel like she'd be pretty professional, too. She'd It'd be, be like there. parting the Red Sea. People would get out of the way and let her do it. They'd be like, come on out. Bring, you know, they would they would brought out the red carpet if she was, you know, ball girl right? out there they running probably, around. They'd they like, here, yeah. you don't even have to take them. I'll take them for you. Like, she's, yeah. she is like royalty around that ballpark. It's Literally. wild. Yeah, it is nuts. I remember years ago going to uh, I was interviewing Bill Worrell for a story for the Rockets and uh, uh, I walked around with him. Same thing. It was like yeah. the parting of the Red Sea. Like every single person was like and it was all weird, too, because they would see me with him and they treat me exactly the same. I didn't even know anybody. Right. I didn't know anybody. Mm -hmm. And they're like. You know, here's Dwight Howard gives him a hug and then gives me a hug. I'm like, you don't have to hug me, Dwight. It's okay. I <laughs> but I heard Dwight Howard's just one of those nice guys, though. He is. He is. Also, yeah. extremely large human being. I mean, yeah, I don't know why people took that for granted. I mean, hmm. he is jacked and he's tall. That boy, that guy is huge. I mean, I walked mm -hmm. up to him. I was like, I felt like a tiny, small child. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Next to that guy. It was amazing. Unbelievable. All right, Blummer. So what are you, any final thoughts on this Miami series? I, I know we've got – I know Verlander is pitching tomorrow, and he's pushing Hunter Brown because they wanted to make sure Verlander pitches mm -hmm. on five days rest or whatever it is, four days rest. Um, obviously, the Astros need to come out of this series with a win. They, they, did, they lost yesterday, but a couple more opportunities here. What do you see from this series, um, you know, for the last couple of games? Well, I didn't expect him to hit back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back home runs. That kind of surprised me, especially in a graveyard like this Miami Marlin ballpark. It's right. huge. Um, but uh, I, I, there's got to be a – it's August 15th. There has to be a little more urgency to the situation. Mm -hmm. You talked about um, not sweeping series. I think that uh, you got to kind of – if you win the first two games of a series, I don't think you punt on the third, I think you go for the jugular. And I think we yeah. need to see a little more of a tenacious attitude. Javier goes tonight. I need, we need Javier to get back to being Christian Javier. You're a hundred percent right about that. Blummer. I sat there and like, as you said it, I just had to sit there and give it a moment of silence. I mean, mm -hmm. he, it's so weird what's happened with Christian Javier this year. Now, granted in fairness to him, he started out last year in the bullpen, came in, mm -hmm. and then took over that responsibility. And he's way over his innings. So I'm sure some of that is just him getting tired and whatever. But if there's ever a time for him to catch a second wind, this is yep. it. Because uh, a healthy Christian Javier makes – and, a, and a, a, not just a healthy one, but a, an effective Christian Javier makes this pitching staff just so much better. 
I mean, especially yep. with your Keedy in there now. Um, and never mind JP France, who's just like, by the way, the most consistent pitcher in the lineup, which is just, I don't think anybody ever even Dude. heard of JP France when the season started. And he's going to get some rookie, of the, rookie year of the year talks yes, now. He is. He's definitely going to get some Rightfully rookie of the so. year consideration. Yiner should too, frankly. Just saying. But uh, maybe not enough yeah. at bats, but he should. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. Uh, new new pod coming to you soon, brought to you by Bet Online. Huge thanks to all our listeners and viewers. Uh, you guys have been great liking, subscribing, and commenting. Um, we're all very thankful for all of you guys. Also, very thankful that Blummer gets to get some sun while he's in Miami. Uh, put on a yeah, little sunscreen. So. Yeah, get a, little, get a little sun. Get out of that deep pace. Hey, bro, hotel. there's no sun in the gym, bro. <laughs> <laughs> there's, no sun, there's no sun in the gym, bro. I'm a dork. Yeah, I need is, a yeah. Is that that is or something, man? Yeah, because the sun's here, you can see it. Because I just blacked myself out here. That there's no sun in the gym, bro. Is my new favorite (laughs) phrase. I'm going to be using that at all times now. That is. Yeah, I'm just bowed up and sucking it in. I'm like, can't breathe. (laughs) Yeah, you're like you're like Farley and Tommy Boy. Have you seen the weight room? It's like don't give her the weight room. Yeah. Exactly. As, I, as I put on TK's jacket, I could be Tommy Boy. Yeah, you like fat guy in a little yep. coat. This is one of the all-time greats. All right, everybody, y'all, y'all have a great week. We'll see you soon. Go Astros. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.